You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fade Side of Network. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves take on the Golden State Warriors in the Bay Area on Thursday night on TNT, a 9 p.m. game. The first time the Wolves have been on TNT this season uh, should be a fun one. So we'll preview that here at the end of the show. we got plenty to get to before then related to the trade deadline and the Timberwolves uh, standing in the Western Conference, as well as what I think they, what I think is most likely to happen at the trade deadline, just based on the roster the books, you know, the salaries uh, and everything that the Timberwolves have going for them at this stage in the season. It's all upcoming on the show. First of all, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, uh, really anywhere else. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. Uh, Let's we'll finish the show with Wolves Warriors. The Wolves just saw the Warriors a couple of weeks ago, uh, but but obviously both teams look a little bit different at this stage than they did then. So we'll cover that here in a little bit. Let's start with the trade deadline, though. So we're now two weeks away, right? Two weeks from uh, today, actually two weeks from Thursday is the trade deadline, February 10th. And we've we've had a handful of Timberwolves rumors. Of course, they're interested in Jeremy Grant that we've known about for quite some time. That's apparently still a very real thing. Um and I mean, that's probably certainly the the biggest new-ish name, even though I guess, like I just said, we've been hearing that name for a while. That's kind of a revived rumor. We haven't heard as much recently about that, like Miles Turner, Ben Simmons, et cetera. It's been a few weeks since we've heard anything additional with the Wolves being connected to those players, um, you know, John Collins and, and players like that, that are going to take a lot more to acquire than even, uh, theoretically, even more than a Jer- Jeremy Grant, although it sounds like that the price for Jeremy Grant has been driven pretty high already uh, two weeks prior to the deadline. But another name, the first kind of more uh, likely reasonably priced name that's out there is a former Timberwolf and uh, a player who the Timberwolves actually just saw on, on Tuesday. That's Robert Covington, who has an expiring contract this year. And uh, it, it could be had from the Portland Trailblazers, who are, at, as we sit here right now, uh, let's see, I got it right here. They're actually in the 10 spot, so they're in the play-in. But, I mean, they're, what, three games back of the nine spot in the West. They're 20 and 27. I mean, if Zion Williamson ever comes back, it wouldn't be a shock to see the Pelicans catch them at 10 at all. And really, they're only a couple games ahead of the likes of the Spurs, the Kings, et cetera. Anyway, Portland's not going anywhere fast this year, especially given the Damian Lillard situation, et cetera. So if you can get an asset for a Robert Covington type, you do it. And which is crazy, by the way, because we're not even quite two years. It was two year, the trade deadline just prior to the, the COVID season in, in February 2020 that the Wolves traded Covington as part of that massive four team deal. And uh, I mean, at that time, the Wolves coming. I mean, there was there was a thought that maybe the Wolves were selling a little bit low on Covington because of his value as a team defender, a decent individual defender, a volume three-point shooter, just a really good all-around player. And now we're looking at Robert Covington that is 30. He just turned 31 last month in December. Um, he's an expiring contract. It's it's hard to say what he would get on the open market next year, but it's not going to be anything near the 12-ish million. He's you know, actually almost 13 million, 12.9 he's making this year. And over the life of this contract, which is like a four-year I don't know, over 40 million over four years, 45 million or so that he signed with the 76ers. Actually, no, like 48 million because it was front loaded. He made 
6.7 million his first year in Philadelphia or his first year on the contract in Philadelphia. Um, at any rate, what is Robert Covington's value? What would he add to the Timberwolves? Well, first of all, he's not what he was three years ago. I think that much is, is pretty clear. Um, he's also not being asked to do quite as much now as he did then. His three-point shooting has actually been better since the season that the Timberwolves traded him to Houston back uh, trade deadline 2020. Last year, he shot just a hair under 38% from three. It was actually his career high, a career best three-point shooting percentage for a season last year. This year, he's back down to 35%, which is in line with what he did over a couple of seasons in Minnesota, almost identical to what he shot with the Wolves over the course of 70 games uh, in, in two seasons. Um, but remember when he was at the Wolves last, there was no D'Angelo Russell. There was no Anthony Edwards. It was Carl Anthony Towns. And then Rocco is being asked to do quite a bit. Um, and I mean, now remember, obviously he didn't play with Jimmy Butler either because the Timberwolves acquired him in the Jimmy Butler trade. And while the Wolves were, were pretty good right after trading Jimmy Butler, Covington was effectively considered like what the second or third best team or best player on those Timberwolves teams. And I, I mean, that's through no fault of Rocco himself. I mean, he averaged more points with the Timberwolves per game than he did with any other team that he's played for in his career. Um, either one of his stints in Philadelphia or Houston, he's been in both places twice, both places twice. And now this is his second season in, uh, in Portland. Um, and he was just asked to do a lot in Minnesota that he wasn't asked to do elsewhere. And he's a catch and shoot guy. He's a pretty good cutter. He's not going to put the ball on the floor. He's, I, I mean, in terms of his offensive value, he's, a little bit more well-rounded than a Malik Beasley, but he's less dynamic than Malik Beasley, certainly at this stage in their respective careers. Defensively, though, he's still a good defender, while Malik Beasley is not, even though Malik's improved a little bit as a team defender and a little bit uh, as an individual defender as well. But Covington is still a good defender. He's a good on-ball defender. If the Wolves are able to acquire him without trading, obviously, Jaden McDaniels, without trading Jared Vanderbilt, without trading Patrick Beverly he would immediately slide in and be, he'd be like their fourth best defender. I mean, you could include Josh Akogi in that in that group as well. Now you're looking at, and maybe, who knows, maybe Akogi gets moved in a deal to try and match salaries. He's also an expiring deal, so that wouldn't be a shock. But if he's your fourth or fifth defender, uh, individual defender, and he's getting minutes at the three or at the four as a strong team defender, I mean, you're in really good shape. Robert Covington would fit this team extremely well. And again, not a knockdown, you know, high, not a, not a top flight, sharpshooter from the perimeter. He never has been, but he's a league average volume shooter that has pretty much limitless range. And so to add that on top of what he does defensively for the Wolves and for him to be able to slot in as a low usage offensive player would be fantastic. Now, what would the Blazers look for? I don't know. We can get into that next. Uh, we can also get into what this means, perhaps for the broader context of the trade deadline when it comes to the Timberwolves and, uh, and what they may or may not be able to pull off here in the next couple of weeks. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the March of the playoffs in the NBA. We're now, uh, what, just a couple weeks from the trade deadline? Not too much longer until the All-Star break. And, uh, of course, now championship weekend this weekend for football, which is a ton of fun. I, I, I love the NBA, obviously. Betting NFL games is, is awesome on BetOnline.ag. It's, it's, it's my favorite sport to bet. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year. That means a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football to basketball, hockey to boxing, plus UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
All right, let's go ahead and uh, and talk. Uh, I guess put a bow on the Robert Covington conversation. Um, so, first of all, uh, it's really hard to say what Portland's actually looking for here. Again, expiring contracts, so I'm sure that they're looking for perhaps it's a you know a young player and a pick. I'd be surprised if they got a young player of much value plus a pick. The Timberwolves would have to max, match salaries, of course, with Portland. So, uh, you know, unless you're giving up Patrick Beverly, which I think would be counterintuitive to trade. Beverly for Covington when Beverly actually fits the Wolves roster needs more he can function as a backup point guard which is maybe less vital with Jalen Noel's emergence but you certainly wouldn't I don't I don't think it would make sense to trade Beverly and bring back Covington I I don't think he should be part of a deal like that at that point I just think you're if anything treading water best case scenario Um, so you know what does it look like is it other expiring contracts and we've talked before about the value of of some of the Wolves lower dollar contracts whether it's Jalen Noel or Nas Reed those contracts are too valuable because they aren't expensive to have on the books. And they trade, they both those players are important rotation players for Minnesota. It doesn't make sense to move them. Um, so, you know, you go on down the list, there just aren't that many guys that you'd be comfortable trading unless we're like aggregating some of these salaries together. So, obviously, the salaries of the Wolves would be more than happy to move, include Jake Lehman, who's an expiring deal. Uh, you know, you wouldn't be all that excited about moving. Um, about moving Josh Okogi for nothing, but Robert Covington isn't nothing. So if you can combine, um, you can combine the the Josh Okogi four million dollars and the Jake Lehman three point nine million dollars. Now you're two thirds of the way to matching what Covington's salary is, and you throw in a second round pick. You know I don't know what the last piece is. Jordan McLaughlin doesn't quite get you there. Um, although I say that he may actually get you in, the, in close enough to make the deal work. Um, that's to me the biggest obstacle. You're obviously not trading any of your again, if you're not trading Beverly and and the Blazers, I would presume, don't have interest in Malik Beasley at that price, but maybe they do, then you kind of got to add up some of these smaller salaries. So the Akogi salary, the layman salary, um, that's one way to go about it. And that gets again, gets you most of the way there. There'd still be some, you know, some work to be done. Maybe there's a third team involved. Uh, or the other possibility is if you can convince Portland that they want Malik Beasley, which, I mean, if, if you believe that Malik Beasley can get back to being a 20-point-per-game scorer given the minutes, given the personnel around him, and you buy into that, then he's got a year plus a team option left after this one. And the contract isn't bad if he plays like he did last season. So if the if the Blazers don't think they're that far away, they could take back Beasley. And if he plays well the rest of this year, but they don't actually want him long-term, you could trade him to another team this offseason. That's a really... that's that makes sense to me, right? You can re you can recoup as much of his value as you can and flip him, or you can just simply keep him. Now, the Blazers may be one of the worst fits in terms of roster for Malik Beasley. And so I say all this, and if you're a Blazers fan and listening to this, you you probably are screaming and think I'm insane right now. Cause I don't I don't actually think that he's a good fit for Portland unless you're also moving on from one of Lillard or McCollum. And I don't know why you would do that. It's certainly not to make room for Malik Beasley. Um, but unless there's a Lillard trade and Beasley's part of somebody that comes back, you know, part of a package that comes back to Portland if Dame goes somewhere else, I don't. I just don't think it makes a ton of sense. Um, so I do think the most realistic possibility is a combination of some contracts. Um, and I guess the one guy I completely whiffed on that makes a ton of sense for going to Portland if you're talking about exchanging contracts would be Torian Prince. Now, what Torian Prince does for the Wolves is somewhat what you'd be asking Covington to do. Covington's a better fit because he's uh, he has shot the ball better from three this year than Prince has, although Prince has been a better three-point shooter for his career than Covington. And Covington's also a better all-around defender. 
Um, you could argue that at this stage in their careers, Prince is almost as good on the ball. But I just think Covington, as a team defender, um, and, and his versatility is just a little bit better. He's a little more switchable than Prince. And I would rather have Prince on, or excuse me, rather have Covington than Prince. So, I mean, maybe it's Prince and a pick for Robert Covington. The problem is, is you don't give up a first round pick along with Torian Prince to get Robert Covington because Covington's a free agent after this year. Is a second rounder and swapping expiring contracts enough if you're Portland? Probably not. I think they can do better than a second round pick. I think they can probably do better than two second round picks and another expiring contract. Uh, maybe they insist on Leandro Balmaro. Um, that's something the Wolves could consider. Still a pretty steep price to pay given the upside that's there with Balmaro. And we've seen very little of him at the NBA level. Of course, this is his first taste of pro action stateside. So trading him would maybe be a little bit short-sighted. I, I just, I struggled to see how this would work out. Also, Portland would be, would be helping a division rival, um, albeit on an expiring deal in a year that Portland's not really seriously contending for a playoff spot. So, I mean... I don't think Portland would have to go that far to justify it to themselves. Uh, all that to say, Prince and a couple of picks, that would be probably where the Wolves start if they're trying to make this deal. Then they would also look at the possibility of combining the Lehman contract, of combining the uh, the Akogi contract and a pick. Um, and, and then at that point, you know, how else do you get there? You got to find somebody else to, to make the money work. Uh, because even if you had Jordan McLaughlin, that still gets you a little bit short. You'd have to find somebody else to send to Portland. So Lehman, Akogi, McLaughlin, and a pick isn't quite enough to get Covington. And I also don't know why the Blazers would do that unless it's a first rounder. But at that point, if you're the Wolves, why are you giving up a first rounder and Josh Akogi, who's still valuable defender on your roster for Robert Covington, uh, you know, for a couple of months in a season where the Wolves, yeah, they're probably going to make the playoffs. They maybe even avoid the play-in tournament. But you're very likely not going to win the championship. So why are you giving up a first round pick for two months of Robert Covington, a 31 year old, you know, league average three point shooter, no matter how you, I mean, you can spin this in a few different ways. All that to say, I don't think it's likely the wolves get Covington. I do think this is the sort of move that if the wolves make a trade, they're far more likely to do this than they are to make a massive splash. Certainly a Ben Simmons level splash, but even a miles Turner or a Jeremy Grant level splash, the, the price for a guy like Grant is going to be way too high. The, the salaries don't work. Uh, the, the, the right mix of salaries and players don't work to get a Simmons or a Turner unless there's a third team involved. Something like this, a move on the edges, a swapping of an expiring deal like Prince or some of the mo more minor deals like an Akogi or Lehman, plus a pick or two. Because remember, the Wolves own all of their future picks plus two extra second rounders this year. That's far more likely for the Wolves to add some depth uh, to the roster and, and hopefully add some shooting would be the biggest thing. Um, the Covington thing is as much about the defense he would add to an already strong defense as it would be about his shot. Because remember, he's below league average from three in terms of percentage. Um, so, I, you know, I, I it would be fun to have Rocco on the team. I loved, he was one of my favorite Timberwolves players. And if you listen to the podcast a couple of years ago, I, he was, I, I thought the Wolves were in danger of selling low on him a couple of years ago. And now he's in a different spot. The Wolves are in a different spot. It'd be fun to have him back. I just don't know if there's a deal to be made. Um, but a name to keep an eye out for, for sure. I also uh, just realized that I completely forgot to mention where this rumor came from, which I, I feel badly about that. Michael Scotto of Hoopsype was uh, was the one who reported this. He had a number of different uh, teams listed and players that those teams are interested in over at Hoopsype, and one of them was Robert Covington. The Cavaliers are also interested in, in Rocco. Um, so, I, you know, again, I think it's unlikely. It's an intriguing possibility to consider, and certainly Rocco would make the Timberwolves a better team uh, 
absolutely. All right, let's close the show by looking at Wolves Warriors and what to expect on Thursday night uh, as the Timberwolves visit Golden State. All right, the last time the Timberwolves took on the Warriors, uh, there was no Steph Curry. There was no Draymond Green. This was just a couple of weeks ago. And the Wolves won by 20 in a game that really wasn't, I mean, they pulled away late. It didn't feel that close the entire game. Andrew Wiggins really struggled in his return to target center. He had just 12 points on 11 shots in that game and only played 29 minutes because it did get out of hand pretty quickly. The Timberwolves, of course, got 26 and 11 from Carl Anthony Towns. This was a very quiet Anthony Edwards game. He only attempted eight shots, but Malik Beasley and Jalen Noel off the bench combined to shoot 11 of 19 from the field and eight of 14 from beyond the arc in this one. So a fantastic bench performance. Remember the Warriors bench, uh, outside of uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who's been amazing, just didn't do much at all. And the Timberwolves leaned heavily on Beasley and Noel in this game. Uh, the time before that, that these teams matched, uh, faced off, I should say, way back in November. This was, remember, game 10 of the season for Minnesota. They were 3-6 three and three and six at the time. And this was the 10th game. They lost it by 13 to Golden State at Golden State. Golden State at the time improved to 10-1. and one. The Timberwolves had their full complement of, of star players Anthony Edwards scored 48 points in this game, 7 of 13 outside the arc, uh, and he did turn it over six times, but this was one of his better games of the season. Carl Anthony Towns had an inefficient 17 points on 19 shots. He was 5 of 10 outside the arc, but just 1 of 9 on two-point attempts in that game. And D'Lo had 18 and 7 in his return to Golden State. Um, as for the Warriors, they, of course, had all their guys too. Andrew Wiggins, this was the double poster game, uh, which, you know, they, I think... The poster dunks were a little bit exaggerated for Wiggs the last way back uh, in November. Not exactly over Carl Anthony Towns, more around him than over him. But anyway, uh, Wiggs had 35 points on 14 of 19 shooting, an ultra-efficient performance for Andrew Wiggins in that game. Steph Curry had 25 on 50% shooting, and um, obviously no Clay Thompson at that time, but Draymond Green did play. The last time these teams played, Clay Thompson played in his like fifth or so game back from injury, um, of course, for missing forever with the with the injuries. Uh, but Steph and Dre did not play. All of those guys are expected to play this time around for Golden State. Um, they're relatively healthy at this stage, and uh, this will be a very difficult difficult matchup for Minnesota. Since the last time the Wolves saw the Warriors, they've gone out and won four of the last five. Their only loss was a four-point overtime loss to the Pacers. They destroyed the Pistons, and they most recently destroyed the Dallas Mavericks, although they barely beat Houston and Utah in the meantime as well. Now, of course, uh, Houston's not good. Utah is, so... Um, I mean, nothing really shocking there. It's it's a pretty standard four out of five wins for Golden State. So, uh, I mean, having Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green all on the floor together, uh, this is going to make Golden State very heavy favorites in this game. This is going to be a challenge for Minnesota. And, of course, they've got Phoenix Friday night, too, less than 24 hours after Thursday's tip. There's a tip-off in the desert for, for Wolves' Suns. So if the Wolves get down in the third quarter significantly, Chris Finch could pull the plug a little bit early and, and let his guys rest up for Friday's game. But facing two of the best teams in the entire NBA, back-to-back, arguably the two best teams in the entire NBA and back-to-back nights, is uh, on the road, by the way, is going to be extremely difficult. Of course, Golden State, uh, I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league on both ends of the floor. They're still the best team in terms of defensive rating. They're 13th in offensive rating. Uh, as expected, they're in the top five in three-point attempts and makes. They're 11th in percentage. They're also the league's best defensive rebounding team, which is interesting. The Wolves, of course, are the league's worst defense. Well, I'm sorry. I take that back. They've improved a little. They're like 28th in defensive rebound rate. 
but they're still, the Wolves are still one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the league. So you've got strength against strength, a great defensive rebounding team in Golden State, and a great offensive rebounding team in the Timberwolves. Uh, both teams struggled to defend without fouling, so we could see yet another parade to the free throw line. Um, and pace-wise, both teams are, are two of the faster teams in the NBA. So it's an interesting matchup for Minnesota, and we'll see which Andrew Wiggins shows up. I mean, it's it's weird to say that you know it might hinge on that, but it might. I mean, if the Andrew Wiggins that played in Minnesota a couple of weeks ago, or for this this is this is a low blow, or for a good chunk of his time in Minnesota in a Timberwolves uniform, um, either way you want to look at it. If that Wiggins shows up, the Timberwolves have a real shot at winning this game. If it's the Andrew Wiggins that scored whatever it was, thirty eight on sixteen shots or whatever a couple of months ago against the Timberwolves at Golden State, then then you're in big trouble because you've still got Steph Curry, you still got Klay Thompson, and uh, I mean, it, Jordan Poole, everybody else at Golden State trots out there. Um, by the way, I said earlier, Draymond Green was playing. I misread the injury report. He's not playing. He was being reevaluated in two weeks. It wasn't returning in two weeks from the calf injury from a couple of weeks ago. So no Draymond Green for Golden State, which obviously is a big hit, primarily to their defense, but also to the way that their offense operates as he does initiate a fair amount of offense for them. So, um, you know, still got to slow down Wiggins. Look for Jaden McDaniels to get a good portion of that uh, assignment. Look for Jaden, uh, excuse me, Jared Vanderbilt to guard Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, when given the opportunity when Kaminga's in the game for Golden State. And, of course, uh, the Steph Curry thing is is always a puzzle that the Timberwolves will, will have to try and solve in this one. Um, so we'll have the postgame pod following the game late Thursday, so be sure to tune back in for that. Thank you to those of you that do subscribe to Locked on Wolves and do make us your first listen each and every day. It's greatly appreciated. And if you do listen... Uh, it really anywhere. I mean, we're free and available everywhere. So YouTube, all your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, please review, rate the podcast, make sure you're subscribed. It, it definitely helps out and goes a long way. And it is truly appreciated. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for today. Thanks again for listening to Lockdown Wolves, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories, Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.